the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. You know, if you would have told me that the Raptors were going to start the season 2-1, and one, I would have been okay with that. Strangely okay. But if you would have told me that that one loss was going to be against the Celtics... Not so much. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the Stadium Scene.tv network, part of the Overtime Media crew, and we are coming to you live from the Vivid Seat studio. So yeah, that loss against Boston, pretty, pretty ugly, but then again, they came back, stuck it to the Bulls, made them into steaks, and feasted on that. And we're going to break down all things week one of the Toronto Raptors season. Joining me tonight to do such... Connor Chambers of TorontoSportsViews.com. Connor, what's going on, man? My man, I am so ready to roast the Chicago Bulls. It's not even <laughs> funny. Oh, bring it to me. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know Kevin's listening. Oh, I know he is. And he's like, shit. Shit. <laughs> he knows it's coming. He knows I'm coming for him. Oh, yeah. You got to be. You got to be at this point. You know, like it's... He dug his own grave when it comes to this. Yeah. It's the most fired up I've ever been watching the Bulls, I think, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, so in a general sense, like we're here, we're in the first three games of the season. In a general sense, how are you feeling about this team? Pretty good. I mean, um, there was still, I mean, we as Toronto Raptors fans kind of knew and understood what this team would be sort of be like coming into the season, but there's still a lot of question marks, mainly in terms of, okay, Kawhi's gone and we still believe in our players, but who's really going to step up and fill that void? Is that role going to be replaced with one or two people or is it going to take a collaborative effort from the group? And I just think that the, you really notice that the core guys, meaning like the the seven, eight that are on the floor for most of the time, have really took it upon themselves to elevate their games. And I think that every single person on the floor has done a really good job so far, I believe, this year, um, except probably for Marcus Saul in terms of elevating their game mm. uh, and and almost taking it upon themselves to say, look, Kawhi's that superstar that left, but we just won a championship. We know we're a damn good fucking team and we're going to put it out on the court. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's the mentality and that's that's the right mentality to have. Um, obviously the bossing game is a little bit disappointing and I know for you a little bit more than others, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in, in terms of being two and one, yeah, I'll take it to start the year. Uh, and, and it's uh, from what I've seen for the Toronto Raptors, it's been nothing short of what I've expected. And I'm pretty pleased as a Raptors fan. You know, there is something paradoxical about that because on the one hand, I'm, I don't want to say I'm disappointed that they're two and one, but you know, it's to say that I'm disappointed that they lost in Boston. That's sort of like an obvious statement. But if you were going to look at the week and say which one's the L that you would predict, if any of these, I would have said, well, Boston was probably going to be the toughest mm-hmm. matchup. You know, assuming that, you know, we knew ahead of time that Zion wasn't going to be playing. And even though that game sort of came down to the wire, um, I had no doubt that the Raptors were going to beat the Pelicans. So if you looked at the schedule ahead of time and said, you know what, I think they're going to lose to Boston. I mean, I predicted a loss. To Boston, assuming though the problem was is that I was assuming that one of, if not both, sorry, both Lowry and Gasol were going to be load managed. Um, they weren't, and they still lost that game. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, I I thought that maybe Gasol, like you said, Gasol maybe more than Lowry, just because of Gasol's 
summer, right? Like he's coming off of a, a gold medal with the Spanish national team. Congratulations to him on that. He got to party a little bit more this summer, which right. is uh, probably not good for the Raptors. But, <laughs> you, you know, it's uh, it's. It, it, I thought it was going to be really good for him, and I did anticipate a slow start coming into the season. I just didn't anticipate him missing every bucket after literally being buckets in the uh, world in, in the world championships, right? Like right. Uh, representing Spain, where he was scoring like what, like thirty-five points a game, basically, and just dominating. Yeah. Again, different caliber of players, but it's still top-tier players. So you kind of expect him to come in. He maybe gives you ten, fifteen points, provides some defensive presence on the floor it's, it's just it's not really working for him so i don't know um i i don't i i didn't really anticipate this much of a drop-off but um i'm still going to be patient with marcus all people that are saying to like wave him or trade him or whatever like it's three games let's pump the brakes a bit he's still a really good ball distributor and plays do run more fluidly when he's on the court so just give him a little bit of time, get his legs under him, and maybe still got some alcohol in the system, probably. I mean, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I I would if that were me. But um, I, I, th- I think that everything will normalize within 10 to 20 games. I just don't anticipate it happening within the next week. And I think that we still need to be patient on that. But Lowry, I, I, I didn't really I didn't really see a load management thing for Lowry coming up. But um, I, I think he's played unbelievable to start for the first three games. I think he, I think he's played really well. Yeah, he has, he has been putting up sort of Lowry uh, vintage kind of numbers. And, you know, walking into the season, you would have expected that he was going to have to take a little bit more control of the offense, especially on the scoring side. Um, last year, obviously we had Kawhi and Danny, and I think that's going to be a running theme throughout this entire season. Like thinking back and saying, you know, what is different about this season compared to when we had Kawhi and Danny Green, right? And I don't know that that's, I don't want to say, I don't want to classify it as unhealthy, but at the same time, I don't know that we should keep, you know, reminiscing of, oh, remember when, I mean, uh, Danny Green and Kawhi were on the team so good. You know, like, the vast majority of Kyle's tenure on the Raptors, he's been sort of like this bulldog. He's been a go-getter. And last year, he took a backseat to that. I sort of thought that, you know, considering the lack of scoring options that this team has now, that Lowry's going to step back up, and he certainly has. Like, Lowry has been this this go-getter, this aggressive scorer now, and it's really fun to see because, like I said, last year he was more of a distributor. Now he's more of a, of a scorer, and that is exactly what you want to see in a guy that just got a, a, what, a $31 million contract extension. I'm, I'm <laughs> fine with it. Yeah, I, I think I think he's he's come to eat, right? The big dogs got to eat, and he was a little bit famished last year in terms of the scoring production. And mm-hmm. I think that he's come back around. He's like, look, I let I let the bigger dogs eat my portion. Now I'm coming back for it, right? Like if you look at it from that analogy, he's he's getting his again, and uh, it's it's really nice to see, and it puts a lot of the haters back in the corner until he messes up one game and then they say that he's a bum ass and should be traded but um <laughs> we'll we'll feed we'll take care of those trolls when we get to them but you know what it's it's been a really good start for Lowry I'm really happy for him uh it's kind of making that contract look um I, I I was always fine with it but there's a lot of people that weren't and I think that of this start that he's had granted only three games it's put a lot back onto the haters and doubters of the contract is say look you're still getting good value for a guy that would be arguably the best free agent in the market come next season in a arguably 
poor uh, free agency. Well, speaking of getting good value, let me uh, let me bring this up so we can get some house cleaning out of the way and then we can get underway. Um, look, if you missed the ring ceremony because you were like, oh man, tickets are so expensive, then I got to tell you, you didn't do this right. All right. I tried plugging this last week. If you didn't listen to me, you got to listen now. Vivid Seats is where you need to be to get all your tickets for the best possible price. So check it out. They just took a short road trip, the Raptors, this weekend, but they return home for two games, and this is the time to be able to see them live now before they start picking up steam and tickets are in a lot higher demand. So we've teamed up, like I said, with Vivid Seats to give you the best possible opportunity to do so, to save money and to see them live. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for any event you want to go to, whether it's a Raptors game, concerts, theater show, comedy show, whatever you want, they got you covered. Here's what you do. You download the Vivid Seats app on your favorite device and search for any event that you're looking for. It doesn't matter what it is. You can search by price, look for seats by section, row of your choice, all of it within the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Rewards. The best part is you're automatically enrolled in this. I can't believe this is real. You're automatically enrolled in this. There's no red tape. And that's not all. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. They got you covered. These tickets are going to get to you. There's no scamming, nothing. You're going to get your purchase. And here at the South of the Six Podcast, we're hooking you up. For the first time customers, they can get up to $100 off their first ticket purchase by using promo code Overtime. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E within the Vivid Seats app. This is for first-time customers only, up to 100 bucks off your tickets on the Vivid Seats app. So download the Vivid Seats app, sign up in their loyalty program, and use promo code OVERTIME to get up to 100 bucks and see the Raptors live. It's that easy. We have a full jam-packed show for you today. We're going to break down all things week one for the Toronto Raptors. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I really didn't want to rip into Kevin. I really didn't. You know, we did a lot of that already on online, on Twitter, but man, it was so good to see them beat the Bulls. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, just the words, like when I was watching them play and they had this run, like Toronto kind of, push out to his lead and then Chicago came back and then I'm scrolling through Twitter and I'm like okay Kevin where are you where <laughs> where are you because I know you're going to spew something I know you're going to say something and you're going to spin it for your narrative let's hear it right and once the lead started growing and growing and growing he was sitting there and he was like crickets <laughs> <laughs> just crickets absolute crickets and i was so thrilled that the guy actually stopped talking for 10 minutes it was fantastic like the the best i think that's probably going to be one of the more satisfying wins of the season yeah anytime yeah. they beat the bulls this year i think it's going to just be that much sweeter and have that much more meaning and emphasis on the fact that these are still the defending champions and the chicago bulls for a team that hasn't even won 30 games in God knows how many seasons, sitting there and they're on their high horse singing that they're going to make the playoffs. Your team is bum ass. <laughs> you guys suck. You're not making the playoffs. You guys are trash. Like, figure it out. Get a stud star. Like, if you get a superstar with that team, then maybe. But until then, like, Zach Levine's not a superstar, man. He's like a Bradley Beal. Mm. He's a good player, a good complimentary number two. 
You have a good young big in Laurie Markkinen who still is getting bodied by Pascal Siakam, but that's fine. Um, who are you running at point guard these days? Thomas Sadoransky, that guy sucks. Kobe White, I like, but he was getting blocked in every shot attempt, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. OG Ananobi with like 18 blocks in the game was beautiful. Right. Um, Sir Serge Block got a couple, right? Like, I mean, those guys, like, they, they couldn't get inside. They're outside range game was was fine and Zach Levine's starting to hit more now as as he gets into his NBA career which is nice to see but you for that team to make strides they need to have a top 10 player in the league yeah and they don't they don't that's what that's what Toronto was missing right like we were missing a top 10 player in the league and by getting the best player in the league it helped us win a title it's not that hard I think that the Bulls doesn't have to be this year within the next year or two they need to get one and they need if they want to make serious noise in the East, which I think that they can do if they get a true superstar with another year or two under Laurie Markkinen and Colby White and uh, Zach Levine, stuff like that. They can make noise, but you like they talk so much shit for not being good. Like you suck. You're garbage. You're well, not a good you're not a good team. Like you're not worth watching anything. You guys suck. Are they, though? Or is it just Kevin? Like for those that are late to the party. <laughs> Um, we're, we're picking on Kevin Kacheri from pick and pod. Um, he was on the show a couple of weeks back. So I'm sure if you, if you're a longtime follower of this show and you listen to that episode, this is not new to you, but if you're a first time listener, you know, with the Raptors season underway and you're just getting your feet wet into this podcast, I invite you to listen to the newest episode of pick and pod. Uh, Connor, you were on that and I'm sure, you know, at, at you and I were both pulling our hair out when it came to how much he's, you know talking up the Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't want to say that it, it's it's getting obnoxious because he's overwhelmingly positive about it. Uh, yeah, no, he is. He's, he's a good sport. He's yeah. A good sport. And, you know, if he didn't say that the the Bulls were going to finish ahead of the Raptors, I wouldn't make heads or tails of this. I really wouldn't care. I'd be like, yo, go <laughs> for your team. And, like, you should think your team's going to win all the time. Like, I, I get sure. that. That's a sign of a good fan. But to, you know, kind of just say, like, the, the Raptors are not going to finish with more wins than the Bulls, that doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's I don't know. It's Kevin, if you're listening to this, man, much respect, but your team sucks. And uh, <laughs> maybe next year they'll finish ahead of the Raptors. Probably not, but maybe. No. Next year they're not finishing ahead of the Raptors because Siakam, like like that, like that tweet said, Siakam is the next Giannis and OG is the next Siakam. <laughs> I did see. I think I retweeted that. Or something. You retweeted that. Yeah, I saw it. Like that's like I'm sorry, but and then when when the Raptors get Giannis in 2021, we're no. two Giannises and a Siakam. Can we talk about that? <laughs> like, no, I'm glad you brought that up because like I feel like this is getting out of hand. The yeah. the assumption that Giannis is going to come. And I know you're just poking fun at it, but like yeah. some Raptors fans need to cool the Jets because I don't know that this is a given. I don't even think that this is close to a guarantee. Like I understand the the relationship and the strong ties that Giannis and Masai Ujiri have with one another. You know, if it wasn't for Masai, I don't know that Giannis would even be playing in the NBA right, right. now. I yeah. totally understand that. But, you know, if, if Giannis is going to get a sweet bag here from Milwaukee, I don't know that he turns that down just to reunite, quote unquote, with Masai Ujiri. And for Raptors fans to just assume this is going to happen and bank on it, that's very, very Lakers fans being like, oh, we're getting Kawhi just because kind of attitude. Or Celtics fans be like, oh, that guy wants to be on the trade market? We'll take him. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's that entitlement shit that I'm just not down with. And I, I need Raptors fans to sort of cool it because 
yes, I would love for Giannis to be on the Raptors. Don't mishear me on this. I would love it. But to just assume it's going to happen or to think that there's smoke there, there's not. There's really no smoke when it comes to Giannis's aspiration to become a Toronto Raptor. Absolutely. I think it's I think the most likely outcome is that he re-signs in Milwaukee. Right. Um I do, however, and, and I'm not I'm not I'm I'm with you in the sense of I think that there's a lot of Raptors fans that are very quick to jump on this or whatever. Um I will I will say though that I think that the second most likely outcome is that Giannis would come to Toronto. Yes. But it's um, distant. Yes, but it's it is it is a distant second. I think that if he were to want to move away from Milwaukee and he becomes a free agent, um, then I'm then I'm very much on the okay. You, you know what? I think Giannis is going to be a Toronto Raptor, and then I'd be very vocal on it. And I am I probably a little bit more vocal than most people on the on the Giannis to Toronto 2021 in terms of like people like your like yourself or people that are like us that talk about podcasts and that are super educated about basketball. But um, I'm only saying that because I think that that is the second best, second most likely alternative. But I think that the most likely and the odds on favorite of most likely outcomes that he stays in Milwaukee. Um, And I say this just because I like to poke fun at (laughs) everyone that's assuming that this is going to happen. And and that and everybody that talks about it all the time and brings it up like let's just enjoy this season let's enjoy next season man like we're coming off as defending champions like let's just, let's enjoy it worry about 2021 when it's 2021 it's not <laughs> 2021 right now man like we still got two years for that uh Giannis to toronto in 2021 is is a distant th- that 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 is a future problem that's yes. not a present problem why are we thinking about it i don't know but. Well, that free agent crop is very rich. It's a very oh, robust. It's gross. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think when it comes to this is what you're saying is dead on, right? There is this sort of relationship there with Giannis and Messiah. I'm not denying that either. It's more that, you know, for people to just think this is going to happen, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. But I will say this, like we as Raptors fans, we have witnessed that free agents don't necessarily uh, desire to come to Toronto uh, whether it's due to customs, whether it's due to the travel, the taxes, you know, being away from home, the weather, what have you. I understand all that, and I can be a little bit sympathetic to it, although I, you know, given the, the Raptors' strength as a team, an organization, and their medical staff, I don't see why you wouldn't want to be there. And that's not even to mention the championship pedigree that they've already established. But I think Raptors fans should take solace in the notion that I do think the Raptors are on the radar, right? So if there's no way Milwaukee's not going to offer him a, a Supermax. That's going to happen. Um, they'd be stupid if they didn't. But for Raptors fans, like if you're going to take anything out of this, I think that even if he has made a decision with Milwaukee, I think that at the very least, he'll either A, consider Toronto in a group of teams that he would go if Milwaukee didn't you know, meet his expectations, whether it be on the floor or in the bag, I think it's going to be the former. Um, or I think that he'll, even if he's like pretty much committed to Milwaukee, I think he'll give the respect to Masai to be like, I'll have a sit down with you, but it's going to be very hard to budge me right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that either way, the Raptors still get a sit down if he elects to do the free agency thing just to see what other options would be out there. Um, I think that Milwaukee gets that 
coveted last interview, but I think that the Raptors would be right behind them. Right. Um, I, I, I think that there's a lot of respect between Giannis and Masai, uh, and there's a lot of things going for Giannis to the Raptors if he did decide to move on from Milwaukee. Like, we have a very strong Greek community here. Um, I think that, and, and that's and that's not something I think a lot of people overlook that and just say, well, yeah, it's a Greek community, but it, for those who know and understand Toronto, like, Greek community here is, is embedded in this community and, and it's very strong. Um, I'll never forget that video of when Giannis came to Toronto a couple of years ago and uh, the whole entire Greek section stayed behind after the game and sang the Greek national anthem with Giannis. Right. When he was relatively like he was an up and coming player, but he was not the MVP Giannis that we know to today. So um, there was a lot of respect there. Uh, obviously, respect, respect with Masai Ujiri. Like you said, might not even have been in the NBA if it wasn't for Masai. Uh, I, I just think that there are a lot of ties to Toronto and the fact that we have a young team with promise, with guys who can grow with Giannis. And I think they're arguably a better team right now than the Bucks if you take Giannis away, right? Okay, I yes. think I think that I think Toronto is a better team as constructed than the Bucks sans Giannis. Like if so the Bucks I, have a load management day, against yeah. the 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 Raptors and Giannis is sitting the Raptors would that's, easily take that game. That's correct. Like if yeah. Giannis is looking at the Bucks and the Raptors and obviously a million things can change in 2 years. But if you're looking at how they're constructed versus how the Raptors are constructed and he is the observer and he's not affecting either party then he looks at group A being the Bucks and group B being the Raptors and I just think that anybody would and, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can I think that the Raptors are a better team. Right. I so, I, right. And and I think that his quote and he said it was misconstrued. And obviously, like those weren't the words that he said. I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't hear them being said. I heard I saw written down. Of, it was recorded, apparently. Right. OK, so and, and I and I didn't hear it. Right. Right. So I, I don't know if it was um, if there was any influence in the writing of how the quote was interpreted and, and put out or whatever. But. Regardless, he he essentially said, look, if my team doesn't have the roster, it's it's going to be more difficult for me to resign. And I think that's the thought process of every single athlete. Right. Look at Kawhi. Unless, um, pardon me. Look at Kawhi. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, he said to Masai, yo, get PG, trade yeah. XYZ, get PG and uh, I'll join. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's to that degree, but there is this sense of, hey, I need a strong team with me or else I'm not going to play for yours. Absolutely. Um, I, I, th I think that that is the mindset of someone who is an MVP level player like Kawhi, like Giannis. Mm -hmm. And I think that come 2021, Pascal Siakam will continue to develop. OG Ananobi will be at a really good level. If we hold on to Fred Van Vliet, I think he's a good weapon. There's you, the, the Toronto Raptors organization has shown that they can find depth at any level, right? Drafted, undrafted G league, uh, trades, they know how to get it done. It's an organization that knows how to build around a star. They did it for a year. They can do it again. So there is merit there. So I see the reasoning why people are freaking out, but like pump the brakes a bit, boys. It's like that's still that's still a far away problem. No one's going to be trading for Giannis unless he is like, yo, fuck you, Milwaukee. I'm out of here, which right. he, he won't do. I don't think he's going to do that. No, regardless.
No, unless th- he's unless he's super intent on not re-signing, and he gives them that courtesy of being like, "Look, you can try to get assets for me because I'm not coming back." Yeah, but if they're still in a position to be a a top dog in the East, yeah, and that doesn't seem to be changing next year either. There's no yeah. reason for him to want to demand a trade just to move to a contender, unless someone like on the team like gets seriously hurt, <clears throat> Middleton. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> you know, like it, it still, I I think that. Being, and I don't even think this is disputable, being the best player in the East right now, you know, and, and much to the dismay of people that love Pascal Siakam, much like myself, but like, let's face facts here. Giannis is the top guy in the East. That's just absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just don't see why he would want to leave there now, like er, mm-hmm. early. I think in free agency, it's a whole different ball game. Anything goes. I like I, we've been saying, I do think he'll lean towards Milwaukee, but prior to that, or even to think that this is a lock. Like you said, pump the brakes. But um, let's uh, let's rewind it back to Tuesday. I, we got kind of sidetracked from Giannis. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but that's a fine. little bit. That's um, what we do here. <laughs> I want to I want to talk about the ring and banner ceremony, man. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of both the Raptors and the Blue Jays, hence this podcast, for the better portion of my life. And even though I was alive for the ninety two ninety three World Series, I wasn't in the state of mind that I am now, where I can appreciate it for what it really was. Right? You know, back when I was that young i'm just kind of like oh cool champions like i can't break down the intricacies and what it means i i don't i don't know i don't i just think champions that's cool i have plastic trophies in my room that's awesome um so in essence tuesday ceremonies were like my first real experience of a championship being you know recognized and seeing a banner being you know displayed for everyone to celebrate um and those rings man like it i i was able to cop by my 20 dollar fake one so i'm, I'm oh, happy yeah. about that but um what did you think of the ceremony what was going through your mind watching this and and reliving this process of becoming champions um it was it that's i, I that's the moment to me where it felt real mm. and i obviously i i watched the <laughs> victory live game six um i was in toronto at the time when they won so I ran out into the streets with half a million people around me. You know, <laughs> everyone's jumping on on the street lights and the streets are closed down and people are, are freaking out. But in this like unique Canadian polite way of, of everyone just having a great time and embracing one another and, and in a state of euphoria. And, and, and in that moment, it felt great and you felt like you've accomplished something, but you know, you just want a basketball game and you don't have a, you have the Larry OB, but like there, you, you don't like, there's no like ring yet. There's no banner. And you felt like you won, but in that moment, when you see the banner go up and you see the rings on the fingers and you see Serge Ibaka in the state of emotion and the boys seeing these rings put on their fingers and their faces just lighting up like a kid on, on Christmas morning, you see that. And, it became very emotional and that's the moment where it truly became real where it's like holy shit like we are the defending nba champions and no matter what happens this year we will go into every single game saying that we are the defending nba champions yes and hold on to that as long as we can it's an 82 game season so for 82 games we go into those games claiming we are the defending champions of the nba and into the and that's very real, right? Like that's real. That's yeah. where it begins for me. And I think that it's a massive accomplishment for the Raptors. And it was a very emotional moment. And I was just really happy to be able to experience all of it. And I would give anything to experience it again. It's uh, 
I was worried. I got to tell you because you know I'm I'm trying to find a stream, perfectly legal stream, of course. I'm trying to find a stream, <laughs> you know, because I live I live in Rhode Island, so I don't have the the access to T uh, while I was on Sportsnet. I don't have the access to Sportsnet like uh, many of you Canadians listening at, at your fingertips. I don't have it right, so I can't just download Sportsnet now. Is that the app that everyone uses? I can't download that and watch because yeah. I don't have a, a cable subscription to Sportsnet. I don't, I don't, I'm not a, a slave to Rogers here, so I don't, I don't have that. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I'm, I'm searching, and I was able to find YouTube actually broadcasted legally, broadcasted the entire ceremony. Like That's it, wicked. It, yeah, it was perfect. So I was able to put it on the, the television and uh, you know, full screen and everything. It was great. And you know, watching it, I'm with my wife. And she's like, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I think I've, I, I'm done with that. Like, it's not that, oh, that's beneath me and behind it. I think I've shed all the tears that I possibly could. Sure. And like, now I'm just like, I don't know. Like, before it was just like, all right, this weight is off my shoulders now. Like, now we are serious. Because you got to, you know, man, like, year after year after year of just being this joke franchise. Just like, oh, oh Raptors. God. Fuck the Raptors. Le like LeBron LeBron All that. Yeah, like just being the brunt of a bad joke and me being inundated with all these fucking clam heads here from in, in the <laughs> Boston area. Like I, I can't escape it until they won. And, you know, even though after they won, you have some people be like, well, they wouldn't have won if KD was healthy. I don't fucking care, man. Like you, maybe that's true. But like, who cares? Like we it finally happened. I now know what it feels like. And I'm sort of like reminiscing that watching the ring ceremony and the Baron ceremony. I'm just like. All right, now it's like it feels complete. Like it feels like now I've been sort of knighted in some way that like you are a champion. This is this is something that you can you can relish in. This is something that you can hold on to forever. Your little metal or plastic $20 ring that's coming in, you can look at that <laughs> for the rest of your life and be like you were there. You know exactly where you were. You know exactly how you felt. You know exactly the state of mind you were in. You knew exactly who you were interacting with. The exact moment you knew it and you'll forever cherish that. So like having that sort of uh, materialize in this banner, uh, it was beautiful. And I got to say, like, first of all, the rings look sick. And oh, the, my God. Gorgeous. Is it, is it weird to say that I think the banner looks sicker than the rings? Um, no, because I think, well, I, I think that the banner and the rings both look sick. I think I think the team did a fantastic job in both. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Raptors fan. I genuinely believe that. Uh, I love that there's that black and red on the banner, and then you have this ring is just, oh, It's gorgeous. so untraditional, it's, right? It's really, yeah, really. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't, for whatever reason, seen the ring, which would be kind of crazy if you're listening to a Raptors podcast and you haven't, <laughs> but uh, either listen to this in the background or pause it and go search up Raptors champions, championship ring because the attention to detail and all of the bling and the work put into it, um, mainly influenced by Kyle Lowry himself, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, that was that was amazing. I, I think I think that both are so unique on its own where the the banner and the ring should be cherished. But I don't think it's wrong to say you like one more than another. I think they're both sick. Mm. It's it's just that I feel like the banner. All right. So I need to to know and maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, I know Kyle Lowry had a lot of influence when it came to the ring. Is the reason that they put North on there, was it because they won in those jerseys with the Chevron? 
Uh, yes. Okay, so like that and signifying like I I much prefer that. And again, this is coming from an American saying this. So like you know I'm I'm pretty much a a, a an adopted Canadian, I guess you can say. But you know you're Canadian. Okay, I'm Canadian. So like <laughs> you see North, and at first I'm just like where's their logo like where's the raptors logo and then i'm like you know what this is so fitting that they have north instead of the raptors logo because this is like perfectly indicative of what canada is like yeah. we always like we being americans are always like yo up north north of the border up north yeah. and like you see the toronto skyline and it's just it's gorgeous it's just a gorgeous gorgeous ring and i encourage not only do you have to, you can just Google search an image. I think Open Gym did like a quick four minute video on the process of developing yes, the ring. Yeah, so check that out. But for me, I, I think the ring is absolutely beautiful. I think it's the biggest ring in NBA championship history. It's the second best ring in championship history uh, behind the Patriots. And it has the, the biggest diamond and the most diamonds in any championship ring. So that's correct. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And you know, going back to the banner, what I loved about the banner is that you have all the last names around the perimeter of it. And, um, you know, you see, like, for instance, the, the Celtics um, championship banners or, or uh, the Leafs, Leafs have championship banners, right? <laughs> yeah, but they're old. There you go. So, like, you see all these old championship banners and you're like, oh, they look so traditional. Like, it's just like these, the same font, the same sort of you know, yep. uh, template of these, these white little flags around the whatever team color you are in the perimeter, and there's the year. It's very traditional. Whereas the Raptors, it's very, like, it's so fitting for the Raptors because it's not overly flashy, but it's so eye-catchingly raw that you're like, that is Toronto. That's the Toronto Raptors right there. And I think they did a magnificent job with the, with the championship banner, and I think that they cast away a lot of demons by just incorporating one banner for all the Atlantic uh, Division championships. Yeah, that's just throw. And if we ever win another Atlantic Division championship in the future, which we will, just throw it on there. It like at this point, there. I don't think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like just throw it up on there and don't make it a separate thing at this point. They the reason they were making it a separate thing is because the Raptors didn't have much. Right. Right. And that's fine when you're when you're a franchise that has like one banner. Fuck! If you win a division title, put it up on there. Good for like, good for you. That's that's a that's an accomplishment for a team that hasn't accomplished much historically. Right. But now that you have, like you said, we have this unbelievably nasty NBA banner, um, Eastern Conference Championship banner. Like, you don't need eighteen. Like, what is it? Like six or seven Atlantic Division banners? You don't need that anymore, right? right? Like, just put it all under one. So much cleaner, so much nicer, and it just like. It just shows, like, we have these accomplishments, but that's not our goal. Our yeah. goal now is NBA 10. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's sort of this, this sign that it's, that's no longer something that's even on the radar. And, and yeah. moreover, that's something that we shouldn't even be, you know, talking about. Not, not in this sort of conversation, but we shouldn't even be saying, like, let's chase that Atlantic division because no one cares about that anymore. And to mm -hmm. have that have that on there, it's sort of like Indianapolis Colts, Colts like what was it the the AFC Championship contenders or whatever it was with the deflated <laughs> yeah. ball, and so it was it's the same shit. It's kind of like yeah. you know it's that's the antithesis of I'm just happy to be here banner. Like you know yeah. like let's just let's let's accomplish something, and they actually did. And so to see that and to see these rings um, displayed and. You know, the order in which they did it, I thought it was great because they, they got, you know, the, the board members out of the way. 
and you know the the coaching staff you could just hear the, like the swelling it was almost like a crescendo all the way up to Kyle Lowry and I just thought man like Kyle Lowry being last and Pascal being second to the last like this is they did a magnificent job in the order of everything and you know my one fear was that the countdown that that thing wasn't going to go down it was just going to stay black <laughs> yeah. stay covered the entire time well it didn't right thank right, god otherwise right. that would have been oh my god you know that would have been a meme man like yeah. it's like <laughs> that would have been a meme that would have went viral in the states and they they can't even do a proper up north <laughs> yeah. and then everything would have been like in in the minds of everyone else that's not a raptors fan they would have been like the only thing they would have focused on was the fact that this goddamn championship banner cover didn't come over where it's we've had an unbelievable ceremony with even the platform that the Larry OB was on and just rotating like that and the players all around it, like even those subtleties, everything from the operation staff of what they did with lining up the players in the order that they did, like what you're saying and having the Larry OB there and the way they presented things and the order of which it was done and, and, and the unveiling of the championship banner. It was just everything was so professional right. for a franchise that hadn't done it before. Yeah. And yeah. I felt incredibly proud and it would have been ruined if the cover stayed on it. Oh my God. Um, you know, before we put a bow on this conversation, did you see that a lot of people are selling their rings for upwards of like 300 bucks on eBay? Yes. Ridiculous. People are paying this. People, people are okay. So this is like the exhibit a of pure laziness. Like buy a twenty dollar fucking ring if you really like. Like you should have just bought it. They're sold out now. They're sold out. Yeah, they're sold out now. So you can't buy it. And now you're scrambling. Oh shit! I want one. So I'll just get one from someone that was in this. That was in the. Uh, that was in the arena when it happened, and I'll pay like triple the price no. that everyone else selling it for. And it's just it's it's stupidity. Like fuck, you're paying for your ticket if you sell that ring. Like you went to the game for free essentially. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, like I was. So my wife was like, yo, how much are those rings going for? I'm like, I think like 300 Canadian. And mm. she's like, you should flip yours. And I'm like, I don't want to because no. like, first of all, I'll never get that back. Like I, I was lucky enough. Someone posted the Twitter link right away. Yeah. And this is before the Raptors app because I do have that. The Raptors app advertised it and I got the alert about that. So on Twitter, I see that someone's ordering it and it's RaptorsChampionshipRing.com. Like this is fucking sketchy. I don't know. Like, I yeah. don't know if I can yeah. trust this. And so, like, I was like, fuck it. What's $20 Canadian? Which is, what, like, 14 bucks American. Whatever. Let's just go for it. And I bought it in time. And uh, I had people on, on Twitter saying to me, like, I can't find it. Where is it? Where is it? I'm like, just scroll all the way down. It's there. Like, it's one of the last rings. They're like, no, it's gone. I'm like, okay, well, then this has to be legit. Because if people are actually scamming you, they wouldn't take it off and say they're out of stock. Like, they would say... Oh, just keep buying them. Like, let's rank in those 20s. Um, so my wife's like, yo, but those $200 ones are still available. You can flip this and get a $200 one. I'm like, yeah, but what if I flip it and they're no longer available? Right. And so I, this goes two ways. First of all, if you're looking on eBay and you're willing to spend $300 on a plastic ring, stop what you're doing. Go to RaptorsChampionship.com and just, ch- sorry, RaptorsChampionshipRing.com and just buy the real $300 one. Just yeah, use your money really that way. Nice- what rings for like two, three hundred bucks? Real that one instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do that. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> don't buy this plastic or metal one that was at. I know the arena is nostalgic. You, I get that. It's a cool keepsake. 
but don't just buy a better ring second of all and oh it's so dumb yeah don't sell your ring either if you were at the don't sell that like this is history this is what we've been waiting for for the entire existence 25 years of the raptors and now you're gonna sell the ring why like you're there for a reason you were there early to get that ring not to sell it to celebrate celebrate that ring don't sell it that's that's how uh, I'm gonna look at this. That was good. That was sell good. it not celebrate <laughs> you know you know how much the ring so someone ended up finding out how much each championship ring cost american uh the real rings or the real the real ring was it like 50 no was it 50 more. grand no more 100 grand more more than 100 grand it was 150 grand us what for each ring it's like and 200 they made grand like 900 of them well no so no so the so the ones that the players got yeah all the players got those and then like 10 front office staff and then and the rest and then the rest of the people got like a grade below that so knob got a grade below probably Int- or he might have or he might have got the 150 carry i don't know that guy spent tens of millions of dollars on the raptors so the least they could do is give him 150k ring yeah i'm thinking him and drake got 150k rings most most likely i mean i i don't know the exact number but i know that it was tiered in terms of like players and and high high level operation staff and um probably more like important people like like drake and nav got these rings and then the rest of the people in the organization organization got like a tier below so i'm not okay. gonna give all those people 150k ring that's just not happening right, right so i think i think it was a tier below still really nice but not 150k yeah well, uh, the experience was great, and uh, I wouldn't trade anything in the world for it. I, I would hold on to that, and I look forward to receiving my fake-ass $20 ring, and I'm going to display it proudly because not only did I find these you know, rings for sale on eBay, I actually found some, if any of you have the ring, this is for you, and you don't want to sell it, um, go on eBay. They sell, I don't know why eBay doesn't sponsor this. Go on eBay and uh, they sell, um, some people are selling Raptors championship ring cases, right? So it's a nice little display case with the logo and the championship. It's only like 10 bucks. So if you want a cool way to, to showcase your fake ass ring, like I will um, spend the 10 bucks and get a nice little plastic display case because my man cave needs a ring. So that's what I'm going to do. Love it. Yeah, I would do the same. All right, well, you and I talked off-air about uh, some betting, and this is we're recording this on Sunday night, and uh, let's just keep up with that theme real quick. Um, the NBA season is finally here, and there's no better time to get in the action right now than right now when it comes to sports betting. And if you're going to do it, make sure you do it the right way by going to mybookie.ag. They've got it all, man. Whatever you want to bet on, they have it. Whether it's specific games or how many wins the Raptors will finish with, they got them at 46 and a half, by the way. Or whether you or not you think the Raptors will repeat as champions and they got them at a plus 600 odds to do so, my bookie has you covered. You can make bet on individual quarters, halves, player props like points and so much more. And now is the best time to get in on the action, so much so that we've got a special offer for you. When you sign up over at mybookie.ag, new users that use promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, get their first deposit doubles. Guys, it's legitimately free money dumped into your account day one, second one, minute one. What else do you have to do and who else does this? You want to drop 20 bucks on your first bet? Well, guess what? It's actually 40 bucks that you're able to drop and you only paid 20. I can't believe this is real. So head on over to mybookie.ag, use promo code overtime, mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Hang tight. We got a lot more Raptors coverage coming at you. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. So uh, a running theme so far after watching this team for three games, the depth. And this is something I know we've been talking up the Raptors in a positive light. We got to talk about the depth and I'll be the first to admit that when walking into the season, I was under the assumption that, you know, not only were the Raptors deep, but they had quality depth. However, I should have seen the writing on the wall and listened to Nick Nurse when he was pretty straightforward before the season even started, saying how a lot of his bench guys just aren't stepping up, and he almost came off as frustrated and disappointment. Uh, disappointed, rather. Campaign got the axe. Stanley Johnson seems like he will get the axe. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Thomas, yes, he did have a good game against Chicago, but he just kind of was absent the other two, if not didn't play at all. Chris Boucher hasn't really gotten his fair shot, minus garbage time. Same thing with RHJ. Patrick McCaw is dealing with injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Is this something you're keeping your eye on? I, of course, of course, like I, I think that every Raptors fan has to keep their eye on it. Um, the first couple of games was really only an eight man rotation. Uh, that's concerning. You can't go the entire year. And obviously it's not going to be bench mob like what we had in years past. That doesn't exist anymore. You can't just roll five in five out. Right. Doesn't really work that way anymore. But you have to still have depth, man. Like depth, depth is, is what got us into playoffs some years. Depth is what kept us around. And it's almost part of this team's identity, especially with the fact that some may argue that we don't have a true superstar on this team. Uh, Siaka may develop into one in the future, but right now he's a very good player. He could be a star, but he's not a superstar. Right. So um, in order to alleviate some of that stress, you have to have good depth. And uh, like you said, Matt, Matt Thomas he looked good in the game against the Bulls. It's taken into account it was just the Bulls, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> he didn't. We didn't really. <laughs> it's just the Bulls. They suck. Yeah. And it wasn't. And we didn't really see him in the first two games, which I don't really understand why. I thought he should have gotten some minutes there, but um, I don't know if that's just because Nick Nurse hasn't liked what he's seen before, but maybe saw something in him in practice, and he's like, "I'll run him for a bit." I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. But it is concerning if you're going to be rolling eight men, you can't have that for the year. I get that uh, Patrick McCaw is still coming back from injury. Hollis Jefferson is still being worked in a little bit. So that and, and then Matt Thomas, I kind of puts it's like 10, 11. Stanley Johnson's got to go, man. Like I, I, I like you as a as a player, as a guy. I think that you're a good guy. Just I don't think that you're a quality NBA player. I'm sorry, you, know, you got picked what eighth in the draft. That was that's really it's really unfortunate. I don't. Yeah. I, I think that if he wasn't picked so high in the draft, he wouldn't have as many opportunities as he does. But that experiment didn't really work. Cut bait with him. It's fine. That was a low risk signing, anyways. We still have enough enough depth, and um, I just man, I don't know. the The depth has to get figured out if we want to survive an 82 game season. Has to. There, there's no way around it. Yeah, the bench is becoming somewhat of a liability at this point. And it's not like, it's not that I'm scared when they come on the floor. I'm not there yet. Mostly because like Surge is coming off the bench and he's playing out of his mind good. It's really Six good to see. Six man of the year. Yeah, so far, so far. Uh, um, but otherwise, like what, I, I, I guess maybe you can throw Norman Powell into that conversation. I, I don't know. Like it, it's a, it's difficult to evaluate what this team has because it's clear to me 
that Nick Nurse is definitely prioritizing defense. And he has to because he sees the offensive woes that the bench, you know, would contribute towards like the detriment that they put the team in. So he maybe wanted some defensive upside guys. And on paper, these players should be defensive upside guys, but they're just not, you know, holding their salt. They're really not like the game against the Celtics. Stanley Johnson was pissing me off till to the nth degree, man. Like there were moments where he was just under the basket. Knees weren't even bent, dude, just standing, looking, no box out, nothing. Like there was, it was like he forgot the fundamentals. It was like he got men in blacked real quick and just didn't know. <laughs> Seriously, dude, like he, it was so frustrating, like box out, find a body. And this is a big contributor as to why the Raptors lost because the Celtics got so many offensive rebounds, so many second chance opportunities that the Raptors couldn't just like mitigate that. And Stanley Johnson, man, I'm sorry, like it would not surprise me if he's gone sooner rather than later. Or I know it's really early to talk trades and a lot of the guys that would make a difference on this team probably can't be traded until December anyway. So I don't know, like you got to be hopeful that these things will clean up and it's just a matter of chemistry and it's just a matter of learning the scheming. But this can't be like something that's going to have to last all year. Like if that's the case, the Raptors are in really big trouble. Yeah, the rebounding is the biggest concern with the Toronto Raptors right now. Um, I'm I'm hoping that once Hollis Jefferson is healthy, then he might be able to positively affect our rebounding woes just yeah. because of his his height. And I I still don't know if it, if we're counting on Hollis Jefferson to help like solve our problems in rebounding, we're in, we're in big trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I think I think that he will still positively help. Stanley Johnson was brought in for two reasons, d- defending and rebounding. Right. And I don't know what the fuck he's doing out there, but he's not doing either. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's time, it's time, it's time to go. Um, he'll, I I'm, I'm assuming that the Raptors would probably want to option him to the G league. He may try to void that out and become a free agent, which is fine. I mean, the, like I said, that experiment didn't work and we have, we have enough, guys fighting for that final spot or two where you can afford to cut a guy like a Stanley Johnson. I think that the, the depth itself will not be an issue. I think it's going to rectify. It's just finding the right pieces for that depth is, is the, is the main concern for me. I think that Matt Thomas is a great fit to this bench depth. I think that he's the perfect person to put alongside these so-called gritty defenders to allow him to get his shot and shoot right Mm. that guy is a shooter he's going to he's going to find his space and when he has his space this guy's automatic (laughs) 99.9 percent, man like this guy this guy is dropping so (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for that i was like Mm -hmm. where the hell is this i need i need that can there you go i love it (laughs) um like the the timing was beautiful but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh you know what i mean like it just look he's he is i think that he's a great asset to a bench unit that is supposed to be focused on defending you have serge Ibaka and norm powell hypothetically and matt thomas as your scoring options the rest the other two guys defend i don't need buckets from you man just get in faces be aggressive hand up move your legs yeah. cut off lanes I don't give a shit what you got to do, man. Be smart. Defend and pass the ball to the dudes that will score. If you do that, you have a place on this team. You don't need to be putting up points. You need to know your role. If you don't know your role, 
then get the fuck out of the locker room, man. I don't have time for this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's frustrating. Play defense, get rebounds, and give the ball to whoever else can score. It's clear that you can't. You guys can't score for shit. So just give them the ball. I don't care. Make it happen. The problem is, though, is that Matt Thomas, although, you know, we we both agree that he's, on paper, at least he's a great scorer, and especially from from deep, but... He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. (laughs) (laughs) He is a defensive liability. Yes. Right? It's just not there. He does look lost, but the the offensive production, at least, again, on paper, is supposed to mitigate that. It's supposed to outweigh it just a little bit to make him worth being on the floor. And you can't say that, and I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying in general, people can't say that, well, Danny Green was the same way. Danny Green did so many things on defense that people didn't yes, even notice. Yes, he did. And yes, he did. Matt Thomas just is not that. Could he be as good as a three-point shooter as Danny Green? Maybe. Like, I, I, I need to see it in the NBA level, and I would love to. But I, I, defensively, he just he's not there, and he probably won't be there, which is fine if the other players on the floor can defend well enough, right? Because there's always this this guy on on the opposing team, most notably a guard, that you just have to sort of chase around, right? It, like look at Steph Curry. It's not like he just runs a lot off ball, a yeah. lot. And like it's not like he's setting up plays for anybody else. He's just weaving, right? And if he, if Matt Thomas in this situation could just sort of like play like tag your it with him and just follow him around fine like i'll I'll give it to him i'm not saying he's going to defend him well at all anyway in fact i'd rather have fred van vliet repeat that amazing defensive performance that he did in the finals my point is is that matt thomas even though he is a defensive liability if the other four players on the floor from the bench aren't then I'd be much more comfortable. But because the other players maybe minus Serge and Norman Powell to a little bit of a degree you know, aren't doing what they have to do defensively. This is getting very worrisome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you well, you look. You're, you when you're bringing in bench pieces, you look for them just to tread, like keep your head above water, maintain the course, allow your starters to rest, for them. they can come back out and do what they need to do. Right. That's the role of a bench player, right? Um, and while I do agree that Matt Thomas, like we said, he's like I'm not. He's not a defensive superstar. He doesn't have the same level of defense as Danny Green. I will compliment him in at least from what I saw in the Chicago Bulls game. He hustles, man. Like it's not like it's not like he's stagnant. He doesn't have that James Harden level of defense where he doesn't even give a shit and just sags off. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'm gonna score forty, so if I give up thirty, I really don't care, hmm. right? Like he is he is hustling. I will give him that. Um, does he need help sometimes? Sure, but what do you want to see from a guy who's fighting for a spot on the bench? You want to see a dude who gives a shit. You want to see a guy who's hustling. You want to see a guy who's getting to his spots. And you know what? Maybe he overplays a little bit on on a on a uh, possession or two. But I'd rather see that than someone who's just standing, not bending their knees under the basket for a rebound. Yeah. Someone who's not getting in a face. Um, you know, I, I'd rather see them make the mistake that way than make the mistake because they're, they don't seem into it or they're not trying or they're not doing what they're supposed to do. He's not supposed to be a defender. He's he's not, but he's trying to show you, look, I can give you enough on this end where my offensive game will speak for itself, and I'm going to try to be average on defense, so you're going to have to pry the spot away from me. And I think that's what Matt Thomas is doing, and I'm, I'm going to give him credit. I know it's one game, incredibly small sample size. Showed I get up. it. Showed up, man. But he showed up, man. Yeah. He showed up, played 20 minutes, and I think it was a really good 20 minutes for Matt Thomas. Pleasantly surprising. Um you have to roll him back out if you're Nick Nurse and see if he can repeat uh, that type of 
bring that same type of energy and the same type of performance that he did in uh, the Windy City. I think if I'm hearing people scream into their device when it comes to bench players, they're probably really frustrated that we're not addressing Terrence Davis. And mm. look, Terrence Davis was a preseason darling. And this is exactly why I take the preseason pledge in every single sport. Just don't buy too much into the preseason. Yes, Terrence Davis was amazing in the preseason, but so far, I'm not saying he's been bad. He has not been bad. He really hasn't. But to think that he was going to be this otherworldly bench contributor, I think that was a little bit hasty. Um, I just haven't seen enough. He is definitely even better than Matt Thomas. He's one of the better new pieces off the bench, if not the best new piece coming off the bench. And I'm very confident when he's on the floor but I haven't seen enough from him to really move the needle for this team in terms of, you know, production. I don't know if I'm alone in there. Uh, yeah, I look, I think that Terrence Davis can still like, I, again, undrafted, got him from Denver in the G League, mm-hmm. right? Like, or, or I guess NBA summer, like the summer league. Right, he would have right. been G League type of thing. What well, you, you know what I mean? Um and I think that he's got a very similar outlook and path that what Fred Van Vliet did, right? Being yeah. undrafted, no expectations, coming in, pleasantly surprising. But Fred Van Vliet started in the G League. That's where he he was a 905 product, just like yes. Pascal Siakam, right? Like 905 products. Um, I think that if if you're not going to play Terrence Davis, send him to the G League. Because that agree. dude will, yes. that dude will ball out in the G League. He, he will. I, I think he could be a G League MVP. And trust that development. Yes, you've done. You've done it so well. Like the products are there. And if you're a guy like Terrence Davis, and management comes to you and says, "Look, we really want you to be a part of the future of this team. We're sending you to the G League for a year. Look at what it did for Freddie. Like I'd bring in Freddie and Pascal to sit down with them and say, "Look, man, 905 was one of the best things that happened to us. We got the development there. We got the minutes. We were the man or the men." on the court like we 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 lit it up our we we thank that for our development go ball out come back to us and we're gonna need you right if you're not gonna play terrence davis 15 to 20 minutes a night send him in the g league mm-hmm. it's the best thing for him yeah if you are gonna play in 15 to 20 minutes then that's fine but don't don't disservice him from having him there and playing him for five ten minutes or not playing him at that point, send him to the G League and get him minutes. Get him 30 minutes a night. But then you run into the issue, you know, assuming it's like sort of a two-way kind of deal, you run into the issue where we're just speaking of the lack of depth and maybe Terrence Davis is the best of a bad bunch. What do you do then? I don't know. I don't... I, 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 firmly, I, just, I firmly believe that Terrence Davis would be open to it, man. I just... I don't know. Like... um any player that understands the Toronto Raptors knows that they have one of the best development teams and development programs in the entire league. Mm. This is like this. Uh, this isn't just an isolated thought in Toronto. It's I think it's a league wide understanding. Like you got the Spurs develop really well, the Raptors develop really well. There's a few other teams that are really well known in developing their players, right? I think that you should be open to that. If he's not, it's you can't a, that's, cut bait. That's, you can't. No, no, you can't. You can't cut bait. You can't cut bait on Terrence Davis. There's too much upside, I think, there to cut bait. Um, 
it'll be interesting. I, I think I think that he would still be open to it. If that were me, again, knowing that there's still a hefty like paycheck loss and, and going to the G League versus the NBA, it might it might be different, but you gotta look at it from a long term, like this is a long game um outlook, right? Where you're sitting there and you're going, Okay, if I play the long game here, I go to the G League and I really develop, I'm gonna secure the bag. Right. If I stay here and I put up a fuss and then I don't develop like I want to, I'm not going to get that back. Like I, I'll get, I'll get paid, but I'm not going to get paid. Mm. Yeah. I think this is obviously a smart thing to do is, is do whatever you need to do to be the man. That means going to the G league for a year, you do it. I think that the fact that you were undrafted should humble you a little bit into saying, look, we really believe in you, man, but we still need to see one year development from you can't go on draft and expect to be playing in an NBA rotation in that year. I think that that's kind of unlofty unless you've just balling out and Terrence Davis has balled out in the preseason. But look, man, like the team's not going to play you do yourself a favor and accept it. If the team is saying we want you in the G league, don't put up a fuss. Just go. Yeah. I, I think it would be in his best interest, you know, overall. Cause like you look at the, the players that the Raptors had developed, right? You look at, the Pascal Siakams. You look at the Fred Van Vliet, as you said, and look at OG Ananobi. Now, I know OG wasn't like a 905 guy, but still, like, I feel like this organization has a good eye for talent. And I know that's like, well, obviously, but like, they have a really good eye for under-the-radar guys that just aren't, like, highlighted, right? And no one knew who Fred Van Vliet was, and undrafted, we were able to scoop him up. Pascal Siakam, when Masai made the pick, he got a D-minus grade for that pick. You know, it's it's these kind of players that you're able to to sort of maximize their potential and bring out the best of them. Like, look at OG. Like, right now, OG and Anobi has been starting three games. He's been unworldly. Like, just, uh, like, this past game against Chicago, like, I, I haven't seen that level of play for him, and he seems like he's on a path, like, to just, de- just determined to be this, I don't know, this uh, this force on the team, this defensive force on this team, you know, four blocks yesterday. If if Terrence Davis can sort of channel that or like feed into these guys that were like, look, like a lot of guys gave up on us. Like OG would have been a lottery pick if he wasn't hurt. But if you if you talk to him or he, you being Terrence Davis, is Terrence Davis is talking yeah. to him and saying like, hey, you know, what can you tell me about how they develop? Do you think this is a good idea? I'm sure like OG would be like, dude, like they know what they're doing or. Fred, like, yes, they know what they're doing. Like, trust me, this is a good idea. And I think maybe then he'd be open to it because he sees the success that these other players have garnered in this system and it's brought out. Like, they're now they're making millions. Like, quite literally, they're making multi-million dollars. Yeah, and that's it's, it's exactly what what I come back to, right? Be Talk to the players around you. Understand that you're going to get your bag if you just follow the right procedures. If he does that, he's going to be fine. But it's it's all up to him, man. R- realistically, it's all up to Terrence Davis, what he wants to do. Is there anybody else? Uh, you know, we talked about OG. We talked about Terrence Davis. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else this week that has caught your eye in terms of performance. Um, I want to give a, a, a show to Freddie. Yeah. Right? Like, the dude, the dude uh, followed up the finals performance or i guess if you want to say half of the buck series and finals performance with just stellar play right coming out of the gate 
got to give it up to him. As soon as he becomes Freddy Sr., the dude is just lights <laughs> out. Uh, I want to interject real quick. Did you, did you see my tweet? The dude rocked and once uh, in Boston. Yeah, that was lit. <laughs> that was lit. You know those are like $30 sneakers. For yeah, real. Be- beautiful. <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. He doesn't it's... give a shit. <laughs> that dude's like, I'll ball out in slippers for all I care. <laughs> Uh, I put basically, the game on replay. It's basically the same thing at this it point. It is. Oh my god! <laughs> the, like Stefan Marbury definitely made those things popular. But like you said, yeah. I fucking I rewatched the game just because I'm like I'm stupid. But like I rewatched the game and they showed a close up. I'm like I cannot believe this is real. Right? And like clear yeah. as day and one. I'm just like oh, yeah. that's be you, Fred. You be you. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. He he's like yo, I'll I'll destroy you and whatever, man. Like I'll wear Jesus sandals and we'll still I'll still cross With you over socks. for thirty. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey, look, man. He's doing him. Now the guy's like I said, he's become a dad and he's like yo, I'm gonna be unstoppable force now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no stopping me, man. Like I'm a I'm a senior now and that's it. Good for him. I think that. I think if he keeps this up, he's going to have a really interesting offseason with what the Raptors are going to have to do with that. But um, I'm I'm all on the Freddie train, man. I'm so happy for him. That dude's got a story. Pascal's got a story. OG with his injury, he's got a story. All these dudes, man, like Ibaka's got a story. Marcus Saul's got a story. Like Kyle Lowry's got a story. Like, everyone on this team is just... They've got stories. That's what it's like. It's a it's a collection of men that have either been overlooked or not even recognized at some uh, at most points in their professional career up until they got to the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Who do who do we have that's a lottery <laughs> pick on this team? None. No one. Zero. Yeah. Right. You have you have a guy in a twenty seventh overall pick in Pascal Siakam. You have an undrafted Fred VanVleet. You got. Kyle Lowry, who is what mid to high twenties, right mm-hmm. in his draft class. Um, Marcus Saul was a second round pick. Um, the these dudes are are like <clears throat> OG was um, just outside the lottery. He was what seventeenth. Yeah, he was late. I think he was eighteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth. Yeah, yeah, seventeenth, like eighteenth. He was like late teens. So I don't have it up in front of me. But these are dudes that, for one reason or another, injuries, lack of exposure. Um, lack of playing experience like Pascal Siakam. They've been overlooked, man. Come in or, or height, Kyle Lowry, weight, whatever. Doesn't matter. Come in and they ball out. They have that. Now they all have that championship mentality. They all have a brand them. They know how to win. And when you give a player like that, that experience, that power, that mental mindset, it's lethal, man. You can't underestimate this Raptors team because of what they've been through. And what they're going to go through this year in being the defending champs, everyone coming after them, it's still their throne. Everyone coming after them, man. And they're going to have to weather that and they're going to learn from that too. Put that all together. You give this team a really solid superstar. If Pascal becomes one, that's fine. But pair him with a superstar, you pair him with another star, whatever. This team can be lethal, man. They can make they can make some noise. I'm not saying this year, but maybe like it, it might happen this year, but a year or two years down the road. It's a lot of promise for his team, man. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned a, a bunch of names there. You got guys like Serge that are showing up. Pascal is definitely so far within the, you know, three games earning that contract. Fred, same thing. Like, he's proving that he should be a mainstay on this team. Kyle Lowry being the undoubtedly the leader of this squad right now. The only one that's been disappointing me a little bit, we talked about him at the top of the show, is Mark Saul. 
I'm not really worried about it. I'm, I don't think this is going to be a long-standing thing. I do worry that he came into this a little bit unconditioned. Um, maybe he needs to work on that, and I have no doubt that he will. But when Nick Nurse is, you know, uh, right after the Boston game, when someone asks him, like, are you worried about Marcus He's like, no, he's going to drop 20 tomorrow. Like, that level of confidence coming from Nick Nurse, who is not afraid to put his players on blast. Like, we, we know this now. This is true. Um, having the faith in his veteran guys, I tend to lean towards that, right? This, this is someone that's around these guys all the time, knows them way better than I ever will, obviously. Um, I'm just a fan here. So, like, having, mm-hmm. you know, having that sort of confidence in your players, I think, goes a long way, and I think that speaks volumes. So, anybody freaking out about Marcus Hall, I really wouldn't. I just, you know, pump the brakes. I know it's a little concerning, but when you have someone like Serge Ibaka that can come in and sort of clean it up, uh, I'm not that worried. The only thing I am worried is, though, like when you have these crunch time situations and you see a player, whether it is Marcus Hall, anybody else struggling, you got to be quick with that leash, man. And that game against Boston, uh, for some reason, I felt like Nick Nurse left Gasol in there a little bit longer than he should have. I would have went with Gas- uh, Serge Ibaka way quicker. Yeah, it, he left them to dry a little bit. I don't think that, I don't think that does a service to the team. It doesn't do it does a disservice to Marcus Saul. Um I don't think that you can leave a struggling player out there like that and just have him keep missing shots. And then mm. he almost feels like defeated on the court and doesn't feel good about his game. Um, I, I don't, I just don't think that in, in a close game like that, when it's a Boston game, you, you got to make that switch. If it's a game that's like you play a poverty franchise, like the Chicago bulls, um, you can, you can go forward with it. And, uh, and, and, allow them to sort of try to figure it out but when it's a super close game like that against boston you got to pull that trigger you got to make that move um sometimes it's just not the player's night like we're gonna see it at least once with every player on this team they're gonna struggle they're not gonna play perfect games e two games of the season right so we got to understand that they're gonna have poor games just unfortunate that marcus all has not performed well yet but um all these players are gonna go through it man that's and maybe it's gonna be multiple ones. Who knows? But they're all gonna go through it at some point. It's just you you can't hold on for too long, like what Nick Nurse did, and and wait for that. But um, hey, he's a championship coach now, so what do I know? We should clarify that neither of us have any long term concerns when it comes to this team. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, having said that, we're going to take our final break. We'll be right back. And when we do, we're going to bring back a familiar segment. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's time for the two sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six podcast. Oh, yeah. It's back. We're bringing back the two sweet moment of the week. Put up the wolf packs up in the air and let's get this shit started. Um, Connor, you're the first member of the South of the Six guest squad that's going to give your two sweet moment of the week. So the floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Oh, am I excited for this? <laughs> Let's go. You already you already know what I'm gonna go with. Go ahead. And I and I know I know that you you and me are the same. I know it. All right. I know it. Um Let's talk about that uh protection of the house from OG and OG. <laughs> You nailed it. It's let's, mine too. Let's, Go ahead. Let's talk about that big boy block. Oh from my OG god! And let's talk about that absolute denial. Oh my god! Sent him to Jake the floor, bro. Why up in this bitch? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm telling you, man. 
one year with Kawhi Leonard is going to do absolute wonders for OG Ananobi. That's honestly like one of the things I was most excited about when I heard that Kawhi Leonard was coming to the Raptors. Yes. I was like, holy fuck. OG Ananobi could become a Kawhi Leonard 2.0 if he develops it and understands the right ways of doing things with Kawhi because their games are very similar. Now, will he ever become the best player in the league? No, I don't think so. No. But will he have a lot of those elements in his game? Absolutely. We saw it against the Bulls, man. What what did he have? Three, four blocks in the game? Yes, he had four. Four. That is, he he had that coming out of college. Almost in succession too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then absolutely like they were they were all very very close to one another and and you've seen that in his game coming out of college you've seen the ability to block shots and elevate and it would and we knew it was going to take him a year or two coming off of his injury to really get back to those hops and whatever but he seems very explosive and protecting that rim against some big boys what a block like that's a lot of force coming in there like i don't think i don't think every single listener understands how much force is coming in on that drive? Yeah. And to not move when the ball comes to your palm like that? Are you kidding me? Dude just elevated and was like, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> oh my God. It's too sweet. That was too sweet. There's no something there's something really G about the stone face after. Like, no fucking reaction. Like, when Surge blocks and when there's a fucking awesome block, much like last night, he does this, like, primal scream and he, like, <laughs> spreads his arms and his palms. Like, this is my house. OG blocks, job done. Like, walk yeah. away. Just, like, d- yeah. onto the next. And that, again, like you mentioned, it's very Kawhi-esque. And uh, I think that was, like, part of his personality even before they started playing together last year. But now that's sort of amplified and um, definitely influenced. So... Uh, yes, that is my two sweet moment of the week when it, it was either it was that or I'm leaning towards OG because we talked about this other one so much. It was that or the banner. But because like when it comes to a, a play that maybe just jump out of my seat and I was like, oh, shit, that's what I'm talking about. And again, it was only against the Bulls. But oh, shit, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. OG's got to take it. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't up against a team that's going to make any noise in the playoffs or anything, but. <laughs> Or like more near the bottom of the of the Eastern Conference in the playoff race, but like, who knows who knows about that? But man, it was still it doesn't matter. I don't even care if you if you throw out the Charlotte Hornets on that court. Like that block was gross. Yes. That was a really nice block. So hey, OG, yes. you get you get a round of applause from me. That was that was too sweet, man. You you and all those blocks and blocking Kobe White was really nice too. Good for you. All right, uh, let's wrap this up. We got. Three games on slate for this week. Um, Monday versus Orlando, Wednesday versus Detroit, and then Saturday, this is the game at Milwaukee. Uh, I should, like I mentioned before, we are recording this Sunday night, so by the time you guys listen to this, the Monday morning game, sorry, when you listen to this Monday morning, the Orlando game will be later tonight. And if you didn't know already, that will be a classic Dinos game. They're going to be rocking the white pinstripe Dinos. So. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to take this one first. I see no way they're going to lose this. They can't. They can't lose this while rocking the Dinos. Or maybe they can because that's kind of fitting. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, I'm saying no. Um, they, they're going to beat this one. They're going to take this one against Orlando. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I, think it, I think this will be a close game. Um, I don't think that we're going to see a blowout of the level like the Chicago Bulls because the Orlando Magic are nowhere near as bad as the Chicago Bulls team. That's purely garbage. They're a playoff but, team. 
Yeah, they're they are they are a playoff team, which the Bulls are not. Bulls right. are not a playoff team, and they won't be, and they never will be this year. Their fans need to step like stop sniffing glue because <laughs> they're all delusional. Um, <laughs> you see, side sidetrack here a little bit. Did you see that poll that I retweeted from um, Chicago Bulls fans? Yeah. Before the game. Oh yeah. There was a there was a Chicago Bulls fan account for those that have no idea what I'm talking about, and it was a uh, it was someone who was asking. Who's going to win tonight, Bulls or the Raptors? Similar to what you do with like every time the Raptors play or, or when the Blue Jays have a series, put up mm-hmm. the poll, which is always great. And and you say, look, who do you who do you think is going to win tonight? Let me know. They did that, and the results were, I think it was two hundred votes to this poll, and it was ninety ten for the Bulls. So dumb, so dumb. Like, are you that stupid? Are are you that like? You you have like yeah you yeah you're so cheating. You're coming up twenty. What is it? A twenty two or twenty seven wins? You were like mid twenties in wins last year, and you're up against a defending champion. You think you're gonna beat us? Oh my god. Anyways, it, it's sort of like what Brad Stevens said after the well the quote came out after the Celtics yes. game when he was like, a lot of you know teams are sleeping on the Raptors, and I just laughed because like this is still a championship level team, which to me I think there's a little bit of hyperbole in there. I think that's a lot of coach speak slash respect for the defending champions, but I don't think they're nearly as bad or and I'm not counting them out at all to the degree that other people are. And I think this is sort of influential in that because when they see no Kawhi Leonard, they're thinking, oh, this is going to be an easy game, a wash. But they forget that, you know, even when Kawhi wasn't on this team, the Raptors were really good. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I tweeted that out too. people are like, oh, no Kawhi Raptors suck. Well, they didn't suck when they had DeMar. Yeah, but DeMar sucks. Well, if he sucks, then, you know, how do they suck? <laughs> you know, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. it d- doesn't make sense. But um, you replace you replace DeMar's production with, like, Fred and Pascal in terms of scoring, right? right? Like, yeah. that that's being replaced. This is essentially, if you want to look at it this way, it's the same level of Raptors production that we were getting when we had DeMar DeRozan this year. This is how I look at it. And those teams were mid-50s, to 60 win team there's there's no reason the raptors can't get 50 wins this year right i agree right i, I have so, my 54 yeah i i i have i have them at 55 like there those are like to me there's no reason that they can't at least get 50 wins um if, if you look at it that way but i think that they take uh going back to the actual prediction i, I think <laughs> i think they take care of business against orlando but um i could see this being like a five six point game okay that's fair that's fair um then Wednesday, Dwayne Casey comes back to Toronto. 7.30 game against Detroit. I still have this as a win, but I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think this is going to yeah. be really close. Um, you know, Griffin, how long is he out for? Oh, um, I don't know. I, I, like, I, I saw that he was out. I didn't really necessarily look at the length of it. Okay. I just saw that he was out and that it was kind of like undisclosed. I don't know if it's actually out in terms of how long it's going to be but um maybe you might know but i have i don't know i i I don't think i don't think you'll be back in time for this game though okay um well then you know that being said it depends yeah i'm i'm still gonna call this a w i think it's gonna be close though because Dwayne casey's mojo and he's gonna be you know really hell-bent on taking this game i i i don't know i nick nurse now needs his revenge it's gonna be a dub yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm even trying to see if I can get any info on Blake Griffin here. It just, it says he's like it's, it's a hamstring injury. 
uh, it's it's so early in the season. I I don't see them rushing him back to be honest. Okay. Um, and there's no indication that he's going to be back anytime soon. So, um, look, Dwayne Casey, kick rocks, man. Like you really pissed me off when you said that comment about the Raptors not knowing what it's like to win. Well, you don't know what it's like to win. So I respected you before, and I just man, like shut up, like shut up. You sound like. You sound like you're the 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 ex that never got over it. Like we're over you now, man. Yeah, Nick dude. Nick Nurse showed that he can that he can handle it. Obviously, you didn't have Kawhi Leonard. I get it, man. Like I'd be jealous too. But just stop. Be quiet. Don't say anything anymore. And then maybe I'll start to come around again to respecting you. But like, you lost my respect with that man. I hope that you get demolished and lose by forty. Did you see what he said about the Raptors winning? Like, it was so dumb. He's like, yeah, it's yeah. great to see that they're running all my shit. Like, they're, they're yeah. using all the they, things they that took, I took. They took over from where we left off. No, Shut up, bro. No, they didn't. Like, <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't run any of your schemes, man. If they ran any of your schemes, we would have gotten fucking swept by Philly. No, we, we didn't. Have, we would have lost in the playoffs. Like, shut your mouth, bro. Like, oh, my God, man. He's so frustrating. He's so frustrating, dude. Like, that's that's exactly what I mean. So frustrating. Shut up. That's fun, man. Serious case of FOMO. Um, yeah, he's jealous, bro. He's jealous. All right, so you gotta... <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need him. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Stop. Yeah, you do. You, you're calling this a dub. Yeah, I'm calling this a dub, but uh, well, especially if Blake's out, I'm gonna call it a dub. Um, yeah. I just, I, I think that the Raptors have had enough of the Pistons, and the Pistons got the better of them last year. I think that they're gonna want to come out there and and win this for Nurse, just like the Pistons won it for Casey. I think that. Nurse still has something to prove when it comes to Dwayne Casey. Uh, and, and I think that the Raptors players will want to do it for Nick. So. All right. Um, and lastly, Saturday at Milwaukee. We talked about this before, especially when we talked about the Bulls, like sort of being jaded by, you know, their fanhood and stuff. I'm not going to be that guy. I know what we're ahead of in the East, and I know what we're behind. I'm calling this a loss. Yeah, me too. Um Especially when it's in Milwaukee, it's going to be tough. Uh, I I think, especially like Giannis isn't not going to play this game. Like he'll play. Yes. Like, there's not going to be anything unless he's injured. Then this changes the narrative. But assuming full health on both sides, I still don't think. Um, like, look, the Raptors use Kawhi Leonard in guarding Giannis. Could they put OG and Anobi on Giannis? Maybe. How effective is that going to be? I don't know. I just uh, OG Anobi is a fantastic defensive player. I don't know if he's still as savvy as what Kawhi Leonard would have been on Giannis, right? In terms of the disruption and and fundamental understanding of Giannis as an offensive player, I think that will come to OG. I just don't think it's there yet. And I think they'll try to put OG on him. If not, maybe they throw Pascal or Serge. I just think that Giannis will still get his. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. I'm actually going to be wa- going to be watching that game in Chicago. Believe oh. it or not, I'm going to be in Chicago that weekend. Um, so I will be watching that game from Chicago, from the Windy City. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly just going there so I can like make fun of the Bulls in <laughs> Chicago. It's the only reason I'm going. But uh, no, we're actually we're we're gonna I'm gonna make a little weekend trip out of it, and I'm catching Leafs and Blackhawks. Oh, there you go. Um, should have should have got my tickets from from Vivid Seats, but you know, <laughs> that's that's for another time. Next time, uh, yeah. 
uh, you know what? If hey, you know what? You got a customer here at me. Use the promo code, boys and girls, <laughs> whoever's listening. Uh, use it and don't don't forget about it because that's the serious hundred bucks, man. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I still chalk it up as a loss. Uh, I do think that this will be a close game. I just I don't think that the Raptors can pull it out on the road against Milwaukee. It's going to be very difficult. Um, if they win, I'll be I'll be genuinely happy. But in the next three games, I expect them to go two and one to make their overall record four and two. However, that happens if they get two out of three of these next three games, I will be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think Nick's going to have the balls to run a box of one again? <laughs> No, I think it's regular season. I, you know what? Maybe I think it. I think it's very situational. Yes, right. I think it's very situational. If he has Lee, is he going to do it? No, 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 no. But like he's, they've been running zone quite a few times these these past three games. Yeah, they have. Um, I just think that the more skilled teams will be able to slice and dice through it. But that also takes a, a good coach too, right? And we'll see. But hey, but Bud, Bud got out coached by Nick Nurse, man. Like there you go. That dude, that dude had no answer for Nick in games three, four, five, and six, and and Nick made the necessary adjustments, and Bud didn't. And then the Bucks went out and gave up Malcolm Brogdon and signed Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton. So they clearly yeah. have no idea how to surround it talented player like Giannis with actual talent so Brogdon's playing so well right now too yeah he is man he's playing really well um I I would know because (laughs) I have (laughs) because I have Malcolm Brogdon that's right on my fantasy basketball team that's right we're our our little league that we've that we've put together so um that was fun I'm destroying by the way uh eight I'm winning eight out of nine categories so catch me in first in our league after week one yeah, if anybody's listening that belongs to the league, uh, just for clarification, we can wrap this up. This is a points league, so you have to set your lineup on Monday for the week. This is going. This is a super competitive league, so it's not like one of those day-to-day lineup changes. You set it for the week, and you have to sort of have the the foresight to know what to do and how to finesse it. So uh, that's why you know, when money's on the line, I don't want it to be kind of bullshit. I want to make it uh, competitive and tough. So just a little helpful hint for those that are wondering um, about the lineup changes and whatnot, but. All right, so you and I have two out of three games this week. I think that's fair. I think if they they pull that off, I'm happy. Um, I certainly don't want to see them getting blown out by the Bucks, but I don't want to be the pessimist here. But it really wouldn't surprise me. I really do think they're that good. Albie, I do think Giannis is that good. Yeah, yeah. I, I Giannis can take over a, a game. It doesn't yeah. really matter. So I can see that happening for sure. Don't let it ruin your Saturday night. Bring a lot of drinks with you to watch this game. And, uh, it'll oh, be a I'll enjoyable. probably be in drunk watching it, most there likely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Connor, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it was short notice, but I'm, I'm happy we were able to make this happen. You, again, are on next week, so you can I catch am. Connor again on the show. Same time, the episode will be released next Monday morning as well. But for this one, you know the deal. The floor is yours. For any and everything you got going on, go for it, bro. Yeah, if you're annoyed with me now, <laughs> you wait. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming back with a vengeance. Sorry, Kevin. I'm coming back again <laughs> next week. <laughs> you can, uh, like, like Adam said at the beginning, you can check out the website, torontosportsviews.com. Follow me on Twitter at T-O underscore sports views. 
you can check us. Uh, you can check out the podcast, the TSV podcast. It's been pretty. It's been pretty dormant over the summer. I just didn't really want to talk Blue Jays, man, because there's nothing really to talk about. Me and you kind of went through this yep. a bit over the summer. Um, obviously, like you ran the podcast, but um, they're not. They're not at that level yet. I think next year is going to be a very interesting year at the Toronto Blue Jays. I know this is a Raptors podcast, but I'm excited for next year. Um, I think that they'll make a couple necessary adjustments and I expect the team to be over 500 next year. There you go. So that will be exciting, I think, and at least put them in a bit of a wild card race, if anything, which is more than what we can say over the last couple of years. Um, in terms of Raptors content, I'll be back with that. So you can you best believe I'll be there. I got Raptors stuff. I got Maple Leaf stuff coming up too. Um, maybe I'll do a little, a little podcast in Chicago. Maybe Ooh. I'll bring the stuff and record in Chicago. I think that might be kind of cool. We'll see if I do that. There you go. Um, depends on how much room I have in the luggage. But <laughs> um, other than that, we, we're going to we're gonna be rocking and rolling again. I've been on a few podcasts now as a guest, so I think it's time to put the put the host cat back on and sit in the chair and bring, bring guests like you back on and restart it up so you can catch me on that. But uh, in the meantime, you just hear me on all these other wonderful platforms and podcasts with all these great people like Adam and just so professional and fantastic. So um, thanks again for having me on. And I'm, I'm excited to redo this again next week. Should be a blast. Definitely, man. All the links to Connor's work, Twitter and the uh, the podcast website, all of it will be in the description of the show. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to give his podcast a five stars uh, and a review on Apple Podcasts, as well as this one. If you're, if you're already there, you might as well do it. Um, I will be on the Raptors Rit podcast on Thursday evening. It will probably be released on Friday morning, so you can look out for that. Um, very excited to be on that. And uh, Connor, until next week, man, go Raptors. Go Raps, go baby. listening to the south of the six podcast don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at south of the six and subscribe to our show we're on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify yeah we're everywhere while you're at it if you liked what you heard do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review we appreciate it thanks again go jays and raptors